All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the 307 podcast. We have the pleasure, the honor, mm. and the privilege Too much. of having Miss Biscuit Wright on the podcast today. Y'all's favorite guest. I know you love it when Biscuit comes on. And we're going to talk about a topic that I've been considering quite a bit here lately in my own mind. If you guys don't know, I ponder things in my mind quite often, mm. deep things. And many times, uh, Biscuit is one of the best people to have these conversations with uh, because we are different in a lot of ways. And Biscuit's greatest gift, in my opinion, is caring for others and yeah, that's a little different perspective than me. I like to just go hard all the time, and I don't stop quite often enough to care for others in the way that Biscuit's been gifted to do it. So it's something that I have to work on, and she challenged me, challenges me on. But today's topic is going to be about how much... Uh, let me try to sum it up. How much do your feelings really matter how much do your feelings really matter in other words how much stock should you put into your feelings how much should those things dictate uh, what you're doing with your time with your life and how much are your feelings detracting from the impact that you could be making on others and living your purpose and within your calling? And so I'm going to come at it from my angle, and then Biscuit's going to come at it from her angle, and we're going to have a conversation about it. But yeah. first... Well, and, and that, just let me say like that, it we kind of began to talk about it earlier, and it it naturally leads into a kind of mental health topic domain just yeah i mean just you just can't avoid it oh yeah i mean that's the a big part of what what's leading me to ponder this question is because mental health is such a mm -hmm. uh, i don't know a buzzword it's such a big thing in in our culture today i think for many different reasons i think because we have a learn so much more about the human brain and, you know, um, well, we at least have theories about brain chemicals and, and things like that. So, but sometimes we can a little bit, I, I don't know. We'll get into that in a minute. What, what we'll get into that in a minute. What you're trying to allude to is that you believe people are using mental health as an excuse to get away with things and not do certain things. What and I'm trying to lead to is no matter how you feel in today's world, you can find someone. Oh, you got to turn down my volume. You can find someone. Blow my dang ears that off. That is going to placate to your feelings. Yeah. You can find them. Yeah. Whether that's a therapist, whether that's a, a, a friend, whether whatever, a family member, you can find someone that's going to placate to your feelings. And in a lot of scenarios, that's going to keep you in the freaking dumps where you are. Depending on... Depending. That, yeah. That, and that's why... Can we, can we revisit that exact statement? 
Well, yeah. I don't want to get into the You leads. wanted to make some calls, right? You got somebody keyed up? Yeah. Well, first, let me... Biscuit let... always has to bring a little comedy. To... If you guys don't know, she is the comedian of the family. But my comedy spectrum, I'll tell you it right now. You ready? It starts over here, and it's farts, buttholes, um, private parts. Uh, what else? Like, a, it, wouldn't your butthole be considered a private part? <laughs> I mean, I feel like I feel like that's a pretty private part. <laughs> I mean, one of the most <laughs> private parts. So you're, I don't, I don't know. Whisper and I. I don't know that you need to make a distinction between the two. What there. else is in my humor? Oh, making fun of people is a huge part of my humor. Uh, yeah. But, and do dogs and animals. You also, yeah. Any, yeah, you're right. Dogs and animals. Just time. like last night when you found the coon in the chicken coop, you you made a, you, you know, you made a little funny out of that. I don't feel like I made a funny out of it. Uh, I thought it was funny. But pretty much, if you could like bottle up what a, a 12 year old boy thinks is funny, that is also what I think is funny. So that leads straight into this conversation that we had with someone recently and I found it very entertaining. So we were going to bring it on the podcast. Just at, we're not people that are very serious like Chad. This won't last long. Don't leave. Don't maybe like you can hit the little 30 second button if you want. Our, our, our listeners don't our, our listeners at this point, no longer tune in for just serious conversation. They, uh, they like, they like some serious conversation like we're going to have, but they also like, us to be real and talk about life and like, I, I love that fly that's dive bombing crap, you man. in the eyeballs <laughs> um, you know you know the whole goal like my whole goal of the three of seven podcast has been for a long time for the people that listen to the podcast to feel connected to us like like they know us like they're just hanging out with us here and although they're listening and not able to contribute to the conversation like, that's the way I want the 307 podcast to be. I feel like y'all do that well. I feel like with your different personalities and, yeah. It's went through many, many evolutions. If you, if you don't know, we've been doing the podcast for a long time. and Long time. It's changed. Oh, it's changed over. And, and it will continue to change and, and morph into mm -hmm. just like everything else. And I think that's fine. Yeah. If that's you guys, totally fine. If y'all would let me on more often, it would morph well, big time. You have an open invitation. There's not enough mics. Well, well, I'm not going to fix that. So what What question <laughs> okay, are you going to ask? So let me set the scene for the question. Right, why you got your pen and paper out? Just in case you say something important and I need to make <laughs> notes. <laughs> about what I'm about to talk about? Yeah. just So I'm setting the scene. So Chad and I, I make this beautiful dinner of this turkey chili. We sit on the couch what are we watching Top Gear, rubbing each other's feet, just this great evening of connection, just great time together. I'm just feeling, just feeling connected. Like I don't even have to get anything sexual or like cross that boundary. I just feel really connected to you. I feel connected to you. <laughs> just shut up. And um, we head to bed and like ambiance is just perfect like the noisemakers humming the bed sheets are all soft and clean the lights are down low i'm so relaxed and i'm excited to get in bed and look at you and read beside you 
You get in bed, shimmy under the covers, get our books. I got my arm touching you like I always do. And then all of a sudden this wave comes over me. This wave of smell. Something between like a five pound bag of mashed up dog turds and trash. No, you said it was baby. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah, last night it was sour. Don't get my farts confused. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Last night's flavor was and, baby flavor. And, and by, by the way, that's not the way that I remember last <laughs> night either because when we got in bed, the the only thing I remember is we laid down to go to sleep and you let out a nasty <laughs> fart and you were like, you're like, <laughs> and you, you said something about it, like that was a dumpy fart or something like <laughs> That that's what I remember the night this, going like. Okay, the this example might not be totally accurate to exactly last night, but this is this is just gonna work with what I'm doing and you're ruining it. Okay. Okay. So everyone's got that picture. And I look over after the the moment has just been ruined. I have my nostrils are just done for. And it's so sour I feel like I'm gonna puke. And this happens a lot in our marriage. Like a good three nights a week, I've been woken out of my sleep. No, not three nights a week. Come on now. Don't exaggerate. Baby, you, you. So I'm not even going to waste any more well, time on you this. May, it's wintertime. You're making chili. I mean, what do you expect? It's going to happen more often. Okay, so when you are in the doghouse, when you're in trouble, or when you want something... And we're just getting in bed like that. You will go, oh, I got a fart. And you'll get up and walk to the the threshold of our door and aim your butt out. That happens like two times a year. And it, But it's so nice. Like, it makes me like you so much. So the question is, just personally, and I'm, I'm asking the listeners, but then we're also going to cold call a few people and ask them, what is what do you consider proper etiquette? So I was between this or between peeing in the shower. And this is what I landed on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. Well, I'll tell you. Here, here's what I think the proper etiquette is. When you get in the bed and get under the covers and you get ready to go to bed, don't fluff the covers around. Like, you, you just, once you're under the covers, just like <laughs> get in, get comfortable. And, and if you decide to be all spaz and start <laughs> fluffing the covers around like just know that you might get hit with a freaking fart like that's on you okay so i'm cut i'm cut it's on me huh? y'all remember mr Mackey from south park yeah i'm cut <laughs> so your your response to the question of what do you consider the proper etiquette, because that's going to be the question. What do you consider the proper etiquette for a married couple if they're in bed and they know they're about to let a stank fart? Yeah. You think the proper etiquette is what? What's your answer to that? The proper etiquette is to go ahead and let your freaking gas out <laughs> and have some ground rules established that, hey... Once you're in bed and you're under the covers, you better keep these covers down. Your yours will seep out if I barely move my leg. No, baby, no. don't play. Well, yeah, that, 
I'm being serious. You got to get comfortable and you got to stay still. <laughs> so, your, so your etiquette is that you should be able to fart and I should have to remain completely still once I enter the bed. Unless you want to get hit with a fart. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. just I just had a mental image of a contraption we could strap around your butt with a hose that goes out and down the side of your bed and out into a dehumidifier. <laughs> okay, we got to get to these calls or this podcast is going to be super long. So, I was between a few people. I I want to call people that this question is going to make them really uncomfortable. And by the way, nobody knows that we're on the podcast. No. So I want to even legal. Is it even legal to I, do this? I think you're supposed to get their consent, but if this, that's why I'm going to stick with family. Okay, go ahead. So I think I'm going to start with dad. Now, my dad will pass gas and he'll do something like, oh, or something like, oh, mm. but he won't say, like, excuse me, <laughs> I farted, or like acknowledge it at all that something happened. How bad would it suck to be one of those people who tr- who thinks they, or who holds their farts in all the time. Uh, that's got to be unhealthy. I don't think dad holds it in. I think he just thinks he has, like he was raised like grandmommy. I don't like, know. I don't know oh, that I've ever heard David fart. I have. He'll fart sometimes when he's walking. I think. <laughs> he may, he must, I think he holds it in around other people. You think? I think he does, yeah. I think he holds it in. All right, let's call him. Bad for your heart. <laughs> uh, Dad's going to kill me. Should I do this? Yeah, see if you can get him on the line. Okay. I'll, I'll just stay quiet over here. Okay. See if it works. Hey. Hey. Um, I have a quick marriage question that I'm arguing with Chad and I need help with. Do you have just a second? sure you're asking the wrong damn person to go (laughs) so what do you think the proper etiquette is if you're in bed with your spouse and you have to pass gas i always do it in flat do the covers up and down okay (laughs) okay that's it that's all we needed did you hear that babe okay Thanks, Dad. Your mom, your mom does it all the time. She just acts like she doesn't do it. <laughs> she just she just lets it go and then doesn't say anything. Yep, that's it. Well, Chad told just, me Chad told me that he should be able to, and I should have to remain completely still once I get in bed, so I don't fluff the covers. I don't know about them them right farts. I'd have to leave the room. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm glad you said that. <laughs> <laughs> well that's that's perfect dad that's all i needed thank you don't y'all don't y'all pay a professional for this what oh a therapist yes <laughs> <laughs> oh i'll talk to you in a little bit i love you you too thank you bye, bye. dad freaking so he he's more of the he's more of the you know just go ahead and get it out you know and just Get the full force out. That way somebody can get over it. I don't believe that he does that to mom. Are you going to call Grizz? Oh, yeah. Let's call Grizz. I want to call Grizz, and then I want to call two ladies, and then I want to be done. 
Okay. I'm debating on calling my 87-year-old grandmother. Oh, I don't do that. That's going to be a long yeah. conversation. I think I can cut it off. That, that could turn into a two-hour-long podcast. But her reaction is going to be perfect. <clears throat> yeah, you're running this segment of the show here. So. Okay. All right. I'm calling your dad, who is fine with letting a wet nasty on a toddler's head. So there's no telling what he'll say. I'm surprised everybody's answering the phone. It's three o'clock on a Tuesday. Oh, we might miss this one. If in, if I thought anybody was going to answer the phone, it would be my dad. Yeah, he, he ain't doing nothing else. He's on the old disability. He ain't going to answer. He's probably mad at me for something. This is Jim. Nope. <laughs> He'll call you back in a minute. All right. The only, so you think I shouldn't, you think I shouldn't try grandmommy? Um, she might be offended if she hears it on the podcast. You know how grandmommy is. What if I told her? Then she's just not going to answer truthfully. All right. Let me ask Kelsey then. Oh, good. Kelsey's been, Kelsey's working today. See if she answers. No, I think she's off. I'm going to tell her she's on the podcast. Gosh turn. I guess nobody's going to answer the phone. What the heck, man? You're just going to get a whole, you're going to get a bunch of returned phone calls while we're trying to do the podcast. When we're back to the real segment? Yeah. Your call has. All right. I'm, I'm trying grandmommy and then we're going to quit. Oh. oh. Hey. Hey, sorry, Mr. Call. You're good. You're on the podcast. I, right now? Yes, right now. Right, <laughs> right now. Okay. <laughs> I I have a quick a quick question. I'll I'll I'm only gonna let it take a second. Okay. I want your opinion on what is the proper etiquette going both ways for your spouse if you're both in bed together and you have to pass gas. Um, I think that you should probably give a heads up, and if you have a second, maybe excuse yourself for a moment, um, and be able to laugh about it at the same time, and then, I don't know, I think it's, it's personal preference as if the other person wants to resume the journey, but, uh... <laughs> What does that now, now, now hold now hold up you're Kelsey you're telling me that your expectation for etiquette is that you have got to get plumb up out of the bed to take a fart what what about the nights when you're farting like every 30 seconds like that that ain't gonna work man that that ain't gonna work. What do you have to say, Kelsey? Um, well, I, can you... You know, I think, I think it, it depends also of, like, you can usually tell is this going to be a stinky one or not. Yes, you can. So, just by the knowing... Temperature. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, by the temperature and, like, also, like, by the rumbling in your tummy. But, like, <laughs> it, I mean, sometimes you can just discreetly get by, but... 
I don't know. And be nice about it. Don't like Dutch oven them or don't move. So that way you move the sheets and it blows in their face. But. Thank you. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, Kelsey, that was Chad's. His opinion on this is that he should be able to fart whenever he wants and that if I move the covers, it's on me. Oh, well, you got to give a warning if that's going to happen. I think there needs to be some communication. And there also needs to be some grace on the receiving end of like, okay, like how bad is it? Like how much could you control it? Excuse me. Have you ever received one of my husband's farts? I know you have. Look. look. I have I have on the trail for sure. Yeah. They're look, awful. Hold, hold on just a minute, Kelsey. Yeah. It, it, okay. Look, when I get in bed at night, I like to read my book. And if I had to pause from reading every time I took a fart... <laughs> I would never get any reading done. So, so like. Well, that's why you can take your book to the pot with you. <laughs> you Outside of the bed. No, no. I, you know, I'm, th- I'm starting to figure out. There, so somebody needs to invent something that goes on the bedside <laughs> that when you fart, you just press a button and it lights up some sort of like red red led light or something that's visible to both people in the bed maybe you like stick it on the the roof and so that you can be reading and so i can appreciate kelsey your view of okay give the person a warning but i'm just telling you that's not going to work for me because i'm trying to read my book and i'm not going to stop take my eyes off and and tell someone I farted. So if I just had a button that I, on my bedside that I could just push while I kept reading and, it, and I just knew it was lighting this red light up that then Brooke could see, then we're good. I think maybe you need to in, um, maybe get some like, uh, like potpourri or something to help freshen you up a little bit. Yeah, we got that way. Yeah, you got to find something because yeah, you got to help out your marriage if you're gassing her out of the bed. Yeah, well, thank thank you, Kelsey. Thank you, Kelsey. That yeah, that is- I think I think there needs to be the ability to laugh about it, but also the ability to have some respect and understand that your spouse is the most cherished person in your life, and mm. so you need to be respectful of. If mm. your stuff is really, you got to know too, if it's not a good day, you can't just like blast them away. You got to know, you got to read, read the situation. Man, that is, thank you so much, Kelsey. That is such good advice. You're welcome. You should not <laughs> shart on the most cherished person in your life is what I got. That's right. That. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, we love you. Thank you. All right. Love y'all too. Bye. Bye. Well. Well, I mean, I, I feel like you need to patent your uh your fart warning light, bedside fart warning light. What would the yeah, what would, would the would commercial really be for that? I think that I could actually do this to where like I just pr- press this button and it put the warning light on, but maybe it also like releases a little drop of essential oil <laughs> or something that you know. Then you get a warning plus you get something to combat. What the? Oh, sorry. Sorry. What was that? It's my phone. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, I might, I might come out with that. Y'all might see that soon on the 3-7 Project website. 
for sale. I mean, me and Brooke, will, I'll, I'll create one, and me and Brooke will test it out, see if it helps our marriage at all. And then we'll sell it? Possibly. I think it's a genius idea. I mean, I'm like, Kelsey, I would appreciate the warning. Yeah. All right, I'm jumping off the diving board here, and I'm calling my grandma. All right, I'm going to step out and pee real quick. No, you can't leave. Okay. You have to be able to interact with her. Okay. What the heck? Go ahead. You think I'm really going to hold the podcast? I will I will cut it off if it needs to be cut off. Okay. All right, y'all. I'm warning you. She is old-fashioned. She's about to be 90 in a few years. We'll see. Whoa. We'll see if she participates in the conversation. I'm going to tell her it's for the podcast. We only have a few minutes. Blake's going. Blake's going hunting. Hey, Dave. Hey, Grandmommy. It's Brooke. Brooke who? <laughs> hey. Hey, I have... I'm, I'm doing something for the podcast, so I only have a minute, but I can call you back in a little bit. But I just wanted to ask okay. you a marriage question, if that's okay. That is okay. Okay. So, I wanted to know what you think the proper etiquette is if you're laying in bed, like how Chad and I lay in bed and read beside each other at night. If he has to pass gas, what should he do? Leave. So he should get up, put his book down, get up, and go like into the bathroom? Yeah, wherever. Go outside. Go, yeah. Go outside. I agree. He can hear you, by the way. He's listening. I'm listening. Hey, honey bun. <laughs> I'm listening, Grandmommy. Uh, I don't like your answer, <laughs> but I respect my elders, so I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sometimes it pays to be old. <laughs> he said. He said he can't be bothered to put his book down. He. Somebody just said before you, the person we called before you, said that he should at least give me a warning, and he said. That is inconvenient for him to even warn me. He's just being very selfish, well, Grammy. He's being very yeah, selfish. Yeah, yeah. You know what? <laughs> yeah. Well, what you have to remember about to make a marriage work really well is that, uh, Brett, Brooke, you need to, to you need to, what, what's important to him needs to be important to you. And Chad, what's important to her should be important to you. That is great, Grandmommy. That is sound wisdom, Grandmommy. You know, I always thought, though, I was always under the assumption that Brooke enjoyed smelling my farts. Babe, what? I I actually should ask her if you're right, Grandmommy. Biscuit, is it important to you that... I keep my farts to myself. Yes, it okay. is. Well, hey, I can't argue with that. Grandmommy just laid the law down. <laughs> I wish I had. I wish I had this tape. <laughs> the next time you call, <laughs> the you, next time you guys call, let you, me know it's both of you, so I can tape it. So you can record it. Yeah. Oh, it's being recorded. <laughs> it'll, it'll be heard by thousands of people tomorrow. Oh dear Lord. <laughs> oh gosh. Don't mention don't don't mention my name. I won't no everybody knows you as your alias grandmommy. Nobody knows I will not <laughs> I start 
start getting if I start getting hate calls, I'm going to be really ticked off. <laughs> Hate mail. <laughs> How dare How you say? How dare you say I need to get out of bed to fart? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Thank you so much, Grandma. I cannot believe y'all are talking about this in a podcast. We it's it's a hot topic right now, Grammy. It's all in the news. Lot lot of divorces happen over farts, Grandma. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. This is just too. Okay. I want you to, to uh, fix it where I can get it into this podcast. Okay. I'll send it to you. Okay. All right. I love you. Thank you. I love you guys. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Look at that. That went so well. She laid down some wisdom, man. She did. She laid down some wisdom. And how dare you say to my grandma, Biscuit, I thought you liked smelling my farts. How dare you say that in my grandmother's presence? Well, I mean, I always thought you got a good laugh out of out of my farts. I mean, do I was, you really think, like in bed, my response to your farts indicates that I like it? Well, I like your farts, baby, because <laughs> they don't stink. Well, grandmommy laid down some sound wisdom there. If you want to make a marriage work for a long time, you need to make what's important to your spouse important to you. Yeah. Man, what a good segment. Look yeah. at that. We only ate up like 25-ish minutes. <laughs> yeah. No. That's a good that's a good segment of the podcast right there. We should uh listeners, if you like this segment, let us know and um we'll start making this a uh, more regular thing. We can come up with some hot topics and cold call people and have them on the show. Oh, present man. their answers. My grandma your nanny. Next one we do that's funny, we got to call nanny. Oh, yeah. She would be perfect. She would be good. I'm tempted to do it now, but we got to move into real, more serious matters. Yeah. I don't know. I was having fun. Well, do you want me to call nanny? No, 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 no. We'll save nanny for the, the next. Uh, we got to name this segment. We've got, we, you don't have to name it right now, but we have to come up with a name for this segment so the listeners know what's coming and then they can fast forward through it or they mm. can be like, oh, this is my favorite part of the 307 podcast. The cold call segment? Could be that. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, that's real original. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm just so proud of Grandmommy. Yeah. She did so I, good. I think, I think, I mean, after the wisdom that she just laid down, I mean, I think she's going to be a more regular uh, contributor to the podcast anytime you need advice on something just call grammy yeah yeah maybe that, maybe that's the segment call grandma call grandma grammy set segment call grammy yeah like <laughs> lay down some wisdom yeah grammy's got some wisdom for real she's lived through a lot of stuff oh she's, yeah she's got some wisdom. people that age i mean grammy's in she's almost 90 like she's gonna kill us for saying that she's uh -huh. many years from 90 so, but sorry like about that, grammy we're trying to we're, we're talking okay we don't know exactly how old grammy is <laughs> <laughs> she's somewhere around up, up on in the up on in the years can you imagine the 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 change that she has witnessed in her lifetime like yeah they have a lot of wisdom yeah they have a lot of wisdom mm -hmm. you know i wish somebody 
Everybody has a dang podcast, man. I wish somebody, and I actually thought about doing this. I didn't go forward with it, but if you could set up a very simple podcast setup that you could mail to old couples, elders, that they could then set up at their coffee table, plug it in, turn it on, hit record, and tell their stories. That would make an amazing podcast. If they were good at telling their stories and talking. Yeah, I mean, obviously not all elders are wise, but a lot of them are, and a lot of people, including me, we get busy in life and we forget the wealth of knowledge mm -hmm. that our elders possess that could help us navigate our own lives and marriages and Absolutely. faith and, and all that. And as a, as a whole, our society pretty much brushes our elders just aside and that I don't think that's the way it was No, in the past when people were living in true community. You know it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that way. And so, yeah, if you could, like say, if you could do that and you pick the right couples out that have lived life and are good, whole human beings... And you could just send them a setup and let them in the comfort of their own home sit down and record their stories and you just make episodes out of those. It would be a wealth of knowledge. I would rather, I mean, I think that's a cool idea, but I would rather them give specific bits of advice about life based on their stories. I would, personally, I would rather listen to that. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you could do it. You could, with the podcast setup, you could send like a, a page, a one page of questions. Yeah. And then they just went through those questions. That way it gave them a place to start. Yeah. And, and kind of topics to stay on that you think would be valuable. I just think it would be, I would listen to that podcast. Yeah. I, I would listen to that podcast. We say that, but when's the last time we went to our grandparents and asked, you know, like that's just sad. Yeah. Like it's sad that we're like both like, oh, love that advice and we'd love to hear their stories but like we don't go to our own grandparents and ask questions yeah i mean i have in the past a lot of times a lot of times yeah i have in the past but not as much as i don't know near as much as i could have known about my grandfathers which are now passed away and um but your grand i mean the cool the cool thing about the cool thing about doing it the way I'm talking about doing it is it's more of it's more intentional. It's more formal. Yeah. Like it's not like you're sitting around with your grandparents after Thanksgiving dinner and there's a, you know there's other things going on and other people around and you know you start asking them questions and you know in times like that it can be hard to get them to talk. Um. Now, scheduling a time to be like, hey. I want to come over just to talk to you about your past and your lessons learned and being more intentional about it, I think is the way that it should be done Yeah, and actually having questions formatted and then also recording it. Yeah. Recording it, I think is, is the cool, would be the cool part about it. Yeah. So. 
I'm going to use the restroom real quick before we dig into this next. Okay. The other segment. Uh, okay. All right. We're back. I want to remember the statement you made like right before we transitioned that I was like, I want to come back to that. Okay. I don't. Oh, know. I was talking about how with the, the whole mental health uh, culture that we live in, that you can always find someone that's going to placate to your feelings. I was talking about that, right? And placate means, means just feed into feed into that. Yeah, yeah. like you like you're gonna be able to find someone friend, family that therapist, tells you your feelings are justified. Life coach. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. And um and you know, more often than not, the people that you approach when you're feeling a certain way they're going to placate to your feelings instead of challenge you on them. Um, so I'm curious in your mind of what feelings would you put in the category that you need to be challenged on? And like, I, I'm led to believe that even you believe that there are feelings that you do need to express and have people placate to because it's a healthy thing to do. So, like, what feelings are over here on the right-hand side that, like, if if people feed into for you, it's not good for you? Like, I mean, it would obviously be, obviously, negative feelings, feelings of depression, feelings of anger, feelings of resentment, um, feelings of anxiety, uh, all those emotions. And, and yeah, you're going to be able to find people that feed into those and actually propagate those in your own mind. And that's, again, probably going to keep you in the hole that you're probably in if you're dealing with those emotions. And, you know, what's interesting about this conversation, too, is I think the angle that I'm coming at it from is there are people that that I know personally, and there are also great people people in history that did amazing things from the for the world and for humanity that openly struggled with deep depression and anxiety and all of these negative feelings and in spite of those feelings they were they were and are still able to and do accomplish great things in spite of feeling that way. And I can only use my own story uh, to, to a certain degree in this conversation. So I, I think Brooke will vouch for me, I go through some really high highs and some really low lows in life where you guys have heard me talk about it on the podcast before. Uh, I have plenty of times in life where I, I, if you could categorize it, I guess you would categorize it as depressed where I don't feel or, or see any purpose in, in what I'm doing, even, even if it's obvious that there is purpose and it is helping, uh, just for some odd reason, I just, I'm not able to perceive it and maybe I don't even care. Uh, and I'm just feeling down about everything, right? So I could very easily stay there. 
I could very easily go to people who would say, what you're feeling right now, the depression you're feeling, the 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 lack of purpose you're feeling, that it's it's all that's all justified because of you know your past. I, I mean, plenty of people would do that for me because of my background in the SEAL teams. They would say it's justified because of your past and and like for me personally, that's not the right answer. Like when I'm feeling those things, I, I if somebody, again, we use that word, fed into those or placated those. I really quick, I want to know what you mean by that. Like if you went to, can you just give me an example? So let, let's say, let's say I was, I was like I was a few weeks ago. It was really just down, just depressed, um, isolating myself. I could very easily go to any therapist in my area and they would say, yeah, that's justified. That's PTSD. Like, uh, of course, of course it is. Our, our therapist though would not suggest you stay isolated. They would not suggest they would, they would give you tools and tricks and dig into why you feel that way and try their goal is. Yeah. Okay. And, and that, and so that's a good point. I mean, we have a real, Jer- our, I guess I can say his name on here. Jeremy is an amazing um, counselor. He really is. He's an amazing counselor. Now, I went to some, I have been to some counselors while I was in the Navy. There you go. There's your problem. Yeah, that, that simply just drug, just drug the crap out. Like, like, I need somebody, I would rather somebody tell me, like, okay, yeah, the way you're feeling might be, uh, might be a result of the trauma of your past life, but guess what? Life's still coming at you, and you have a responsibility in life, not only to yourself, but to others. So, uh, you know, we can work through this, but you're going to have to suck it up, man. And so that that's what I tell myself when I'm in those places. Like, I tell myself, like, okay, this is happening for whatever reason, and I'm having these these negative feelings. But guess what, man? I still got to record a podcast every Wednesday. I still have a responsibility to you, to my team here at 307 Project. I still have to suck it up. And get my butt up and go to Team PT. Like I still have, I still have to do all of those things, and I may not show up the best that I can possibly show up. Like people may realize, like, whoa, something's off about Chad. But I'm still, I still have to show up. Um, and I tell myself, this is, I know for a fact, this is temporary. Every time I get in one of these spots. I tell myself the truth about the situation. Yeah. I I am I don't want to be here forever. And because I don't want to be here forever in this low spot, well, feeling you, depressed. You don't believe you're going to be. And I think that's key. Yeah. And part but part of not believing I'm going to be there in that low place is the fact that I don't want to be there. A lot of people want to be there. 
because people pity them. I, I, I'm telling you, man, a lot of people want to stay stuck. You're, you are jumping and, but you've gone, you've covered like four topics okay. and you've left me no room. Let me back up. To talk. Okay. All right. You've got, you've done this and you, you've just kept going and I haven't had a chance to discuss anything okay. with you. Send it, miss. I'm sorry. I give, I, I'm, I've been thinking about this a lot and it, quit rocking is making the audio it, it, weird. It fires me up, man. I, I feel like okay so our therapist Jeremy one time showed me this really cool chart that he came up with I hope he doesn't mind me sharing it um it was just a line graph just a single line and at one end it said curator and at one end it said resilience I think it said resiliency resilience And he was saying that his theory based on what he's done is that everybody falls on that line. Some fall towards the resiliency line. That would be Chad. He's like, instead of wanting to dive into what's causing these depressive states and go back to your past and maybe change your narrative on some of your traumas and and try to kind of rework those things that are embedded in your brain that have happened to you, you would rather, and obviously it's working for you because you're happy with it. You would rather plow through it, get through it and just deal with it. Whereas someone with my personality, I fall more on the curator and I'm less resilient. I like to plan. I like to, to know what's coming And I do like to go to a therapist or I do like to go to my wonderful friends who have also done their work and can hold my stuff. And I like to process. I don't like it because it doesn't feel good, but I know it's what I should do. And I do want to figure out what are the things in my past that are causing me to behave and causing me to have these, you know, I've gone through panic attacks. I've gone through depression. I've gone through addiction And I personally want to go back and I want to know. And I don't think anybody that I have seen professionally or my friends placate or they, they hold me accountable and they push me, but they also hear me. Yeah. yeah. And I think being heard is not a sign of weakness. Wanting to be heard is not... Like, I don't know. I just feel like the way you're spinning it is kind of like a... Like no, a, that's that's very interesting to me because when I'm feeling that way, I don't want to be heard. I want people to leave me alone. Like... You're telling me you've never gotten just a little bit of relief from just telling me that you're just in one of your depressed spells and like just letting, just saying where you're at. That doesn't make you feel any better. I don't think so. Okay. Um, I, I usually tell the people around me that need to know that for just for their own information. (laughs) So, so that they don't think they did something wrong. Um, I think the root of what I was getting at just a minute ago and, and maybe even the root of my, my whole thought process around this topic is the fact that the culture that has been created around mental health allows people to use 
feelings of depression and anxiety and sadness and and fear it allows people to use those feelings in order to shirk their responsibilities perpetually i get yes as a human being as a father as a mother as a business owner as a leader uh, as an employee because you can you can find enough people that will help you stay in that spot and have pity for you that you can stay in that spot and just continuously shirk your responsibilities and and not feel bad about it because you're just this depressed person right and and i want i want to say i think like i'm going to join in this conversation and i do see what you're saying now but my perspective on what you're referring to is somebody like you or like I who go through what can be severe seasons of anxiety or depression, but you and I have never been in like a three-year long haul, like super depressive, can't crawl out. Like that's not the person that I'm referring to. The And the question is... The question is how now now obviously this is not a, th- this statement can't be made broadly. This is individual circumstances, right? But I'm just saying I I would just wonder you you could never determine this, but the per- percentage of people in today's culture that stay in de- in a depressive state for multiple years, how m- many of them have stayed there? Because of what we are talking about, because nobody that they've approached has told them, look, I get it. You feel bad, but you still have a responsibility. So you, you've got, so essentially suck it up and, and we can work on this, but it's not an excuse for you not to be who you have been created and called to be. And how many people have stayed in that long-term depression because of the therapists they go to and because of the friends they're surrounded by and because of all the people, because of the, the mental health narrative that will simply just pity them and pat them on their back and say, it's okay to be depressed because that's a normal thing now. Well, it's a normal thing to be depressed for forever. Well, everything you're saying is contradicting the idea that depression could be caused by a chemical imbalance or something wrong with you biologically you know you're you're saying it's all a result of your environment you know that's a really good part of the conversation too because i believe that much of the depression that we suffer as a society now especially here in america is due to our environment. I, I, I agree. I believe it is self-inflicted. And and I have experienced, like, and I'm, I lately I've been really being pulled to discuss my experience with SSRIs and antidepressants, and I think I'm inching towards sharing more about my story and my journey with that. But I have found and tested, I've been in, terrible seasons I mean awful like Chad can attest to like low 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 points that have lasted months and months yeah 
And I think there is a brain chemistry aspect to it. But guess what can change your brain chemistry? Food, sleep, exercise. exercise. Not looking at your freaking screen. Cold plunges, connection with others, getting up at a regular hour, sunlight in the morning. Like, yes, it is a factor. And, and, and your past is a factor. And I too, I too believe your genetics is a factor, but you can change your brain chemistry. So people don't get to fall back on that. Like, uh, I have a, my, you know, if I come to you and, and that's the excuse is like my, my brain chemistry has always been off. Well, how's your diet? How many hours a night do you sleep? Are you exercising daily? Amen. Are you okay? If, if you haven't checked all those, if you're not fighting for yourself, without medication and doing the things you can do are you seeing a therapist like if you're not doing those things no i i'm i'm on the bandwagon with you the Uh, and the brain chemistry argument is a now again there are cases where people's brains are just slap out of whack traumatic brain injury can cause just because right but i I mean i'm talking about the over the, the majority of what i see in society today, I mean, I come in contact with people all the time that that don't spend any time outside, yeah. that don't spend that spend entire days looking at a computer screen, that don't exercise, that eat just whatever they can get their hands on. Yeah, and and part of the the whole brain chemistry thing that's part of even now we can bring doctors into the conversation who will placate to your feelings agreed by prescribing you a medicine which is a a band-aid a bad one by the way Mm -hmm. a band-aid for you living a poor and unhealthy lifestyle that is making you depressed and it just propagates this low point that you're in and you end up being there for years and years and years and some people end up being there for their entire life well and i think a lot of times the medication will help but then then you're trapped then if if because there are those people and i am one of those people that did try everything did try exercise did try diet did try and i truly needed help beyond Mm -hmm. that but if you didn't then you've i don't know it's there there is a major thing with with the how often doctors hand out prescription drugs for mental health mainly just the ssris i think we would be astounded if we knew oh the real numbers you can look it up it's 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 hold on you you keep talking i'll tell you it's 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 insane and you can't just quit taking these drugs like you can't just say one day i feel better i think i'm gonna get off this medication Mm -hmm. No, it takes months mm-hmm. to get off of it. And, and for and for the general population who starts taking them these drugs, they're never going to get to the point where they say, okay, I feel better, I'm ready to come off of this, because the drug has allowed them to continue the unhealthy lifestyle that got them on the drug in the first place, okay? It's, it's all just, yeah. Do, do you have the stats on it? So, I mean, this is a short little Google here, but I am trying. Okay. 
Antidepressants prescribed over the past six years has increased. This was an article in 2022 by 34% from 61.9 million in 2015 and 2016 to 83.4 million in 2021 and 2022. Um, I am not gonna, I don't trust this article. Let's just say it's a lot. Like, I think one of the articles that did look like it came from a good source from 2015 said 13% of Americans, when they polled them, um, reported taking antidepressants in the last 30 days. 13%. Yeah. I mean, that is... And and that was just over 18. They give these drugs out to young people. Like, I I was prescribed it when I was a kid. Like, what? Yeah. I mean, and I would say, if anything, it's gotten much worse since 2015. Um, Oh, that's what that's at 34% increase. So if we think about people, you know, in, in past history, before there was big pharma, before there was all of these arguments about brain chemicals, uh, before there was, um, this whole mental health craze, which, by the way, when I say that, what I'm talking about is, what I'm talking about when I say that is, I, the 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 culture of putting too much credence into your feelings, okay, and can that's I, part of it. Can I say something real quick yeah. too that I think that I want to speak for you and you can. You can correct me, but what you're saying, like the mental health craze, when you say that I want to get defensive initially because I believe that the mental health culture shift, the roots of that have have been to remove the stigma around mental health issues. And I am a huge proponent of that. And if anybody follows me, you know, like I, I purposely share stuff from my addiction, stuff about panic attacks, stuff about anxiety, and just, I I am supportive of that. And I believe you are too, as long as it's done in a healthy way and it's not an excuse yeah. for a bad behavior. Yeah, I mean, I hope this conversation helps. Uh, when, when, when I say I go through periods of extreme just lack of purpose and depression, I hope that helps, you know, eliminate any stigma about, I'm just, we're being real with you here. Yeah, yeah I agree with you 100%. But, you know, you think about all, in all of human history, if you were a human and... <laughs> as opposed to... Yeah, if, if, if you are living as a human being on earth and you went through a, a period of, of depression... And especially before modern technology and and the ability to drive cars, I'm talking like let's let's go on back to which wasn't that long ago that 17 and 1800s. Like if you were feeling bad about something, like when you were depressed, like what choice did you freaking have, man? Like you you had to you had to suck it up, and carry on with life, or or you you weren't gonna make it. Yeah, and maybe a lot of people didn't make it. I don't know. I I didn't live back in those days, but I would imagine the suicide rates were much lower back then than they are now. I think suicide rates are probably at all time high, and in, in all, if if you could calculate that, and it can't be calculated, but um, 
you know, these people didn't have a freaking choice, man. Yeah. I, I mean, you look at a lot of our founding fathers. You look at George Washington. Abraham Lincoln. Too. Abraham Lincoln. The, mm-hmm. These men. Roosevelt. Went through massive, massive times of depression, and they had in. You know instabilities in their personality, and and uh, that you know George Washington. I, I know about him mo- most specifically because I just read his biography, George Washington: A Life, and it took me how long to read that book? A long months. time, months. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge volume, but it's so awesome to to see this person who who struggled so much his entire life. With what we now would call a a, a mental health uh, issue, and look at what he was able to do in spite of that, mm. because he didn't have any other choice. He did have a choice. Well, yeah, I mean, he he made a choice back then. Your choices were you couldn't sit in it. Your choices were to just give up. Yeah, but he didn't have to lead an army. Well, that's true. He that, didn't. He didn't have true. to make. He could have bowed out of all of that. Yeah. And, now and but too back then, so much of your own survival hinged upon your your contribution. Yeah, that's true. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's and that's to your family and also to your community. Like if you're in a small community. Or even if you wanted to call it even a tribe, it was more tribal. Like these towns were made up of a few families, and those families hinged upon each other contributing uh, in order for the the community to survive. And so if you're in one of those communities and you're not a contributing member, well, I, I doubt you're gonna I doubt you're gonna be around very long. Like yeah. in spite of how you felt. You had to step up to the plate, man, and do what needed to be done to live life. And I just, we've lost that ability. We've created this environment where you can just sit in this crap and, and people can pity you for it. And I feel like we made a transition. Yeah, maybe we did. Like, I, I'm just speaking what, what's been on my mind, man. Well, so when you're saying all that, and I'm going to kind of take it and go over here with it, but like when you were saying all that, I was thinking about Grammy, and I was thinking about her generation, and I was thinking about like the generation before our parents, and I think our parents kind of caught the tail end of this, like World War II, Vietnam, and those generations didn't discuss mental health like it was taboo for you to share with somebody especially like publicly heck no that you were struggling with depression suicidal thoughts anxiety those old veterans right and and so there there we have that we saw how that worked we've seen you know we've seen the results of that in people we know that can't process their feelings now from generations of being told, like, you don't talk about that. So we have that over here. And over here, we have this new culture that we're living in where it's, like you said, it's celebrated. Like, you're talking about people celebrating using as an excuse. Uh, they, somebody on the radio the other day did a short little bit. It was like a journalist bit about how there are 
kids on TikTok documenting their lives as bipolar or as like uh, manic depressive. And the journalist was insinuating that they believe that these kids don't even really have these illnesses and that like this glamorizing of the illness makes it more difficult for young people, anybody that actually does suffer from that illness. And Mm -hmm. I was like, there's no way that they're actually like people are like celebrating somebody suffering from a mental illness. Like I don't understand. Yeah. That's, that's very, yeah. That's very along the lines of our current culture. So, so which is better? Or is there is there is the the Vietnam vets who go their whole life without ever speaking again about what happened to them and Good just question. the weakness the weakness you're weak that you would never ask to go see a therapist or is what we're living in now better you know that that's a great question and and I would say that that there is if especially starting with World War II veterans which was what many believe to be the greatest generations or the greatest generation of humans that ever contributed to our nation and not because of the war they fought. That was part of their contribution, but it's what they contributed to society when they returned from war. Uh, And so I think you could go back and look at the evidence and compare it to the evidence that we have today, the statistics. So you ask, what is better? Well, it would be interesting for me to see what were what were the suicide rates for World War II veterans that basically got back from a horrific war. Absolutely. And said, you know what? I'm back. I got to freaking suck it up. And I got to contribute to my country, continue to contribute to my community, have a family. And they had hard times back then, too. They didn't come back to like a country that was that was well put together and everything was happy. You go lucky. So those guys that came back and, and, and they didn't they didn't talk about that stuff. They I mean, literally what they did was they sucked it up and carried on with life. Yeah, that's what they did. And like. What what were the what were the rates of of suicide? What were the the um, and of course now there are things behind the scenes, whether it's alcoholism or, or generational trauma. Yeah, I mean there yeah. are things behind the scenes that would be difficult to measure. There are only certain things that we could measure, but how do those numbers compare now? We have a great um, we have we have an amazing body of people to to compare it with now in current culture our veterans that have fought for the last 20 years in war uh what does what does the suicide rates look like now it it's it's through the freaking roof man it's like and and i know you can't base everything on suicide but like that that is the ultimate like okay i i'm the ultimate level of I'm depressed and I'm not going to, I'm not going to try or I don't think I can ever get out of this. Um, so it, it would, you ask, you ask what's better. I, I think 
that if there was a, an exhaustive study of the lives of people who had experienced significant trauma over the last 100 years, as the whole narrative around mental health has changed, I think you could come up with a fairly accurate assumption of which which is better. You there's too many variables. There's too many like. It would never be 100 percent accurate. I, no. I'm I'm saying though that there there's there's evidence to show. I think there there maybe you can make you could probably make an argument. You can make an argument either way. That's uh, with statistics, but. Can I tell you what I think would happen in that scenario? And then and then I want to tell you my broad opinion after yeah. what we've discussed. Like, I think I have a concrete opinion on this now. Yeah. First, my vision is that this guy comes back from World War II. He probably had a couple. He might have had a couple kids while he was deployed or gone or whatever. Wife, family. Doesn't ever process through the trauma and the grief and, and what he saw. And I can't believe otherwise that that doesn't create a shell of a person trying, trying to move through life, you know, holding all of these things that they're, they plan to never talk about again, you know, and, yeah. and these hurts. And I believe that the way that that man raises his kids those kids will raise their kids in a, in a similar way. And I think that that, I think that's the definition of generational trauma. I think that if, if the only way to break the chain of, of generational trauma is to do your own work. And, and I, I think that nobody, I, I'm making sure I do believe this and I'm going to say, I, I, yeah, I do believe it. I don't think anybody would not benefit from doing some personal work that have been through hard things and been through trauma. Mm -hmm. Like I just don't see, and I'm, it doesn't have to be a therapist. If, if you have friends who have done their own work and who are also can hold your stuff and you try, I don't know, you know who, you know who I'm talking about. I have friends who I can share with mm -hmm. and they, they just trust their feedback and their opinions therapist is obviously best but my opinion on this is that i think that there are, people are turds there are always turds and there are always people that are going to twist things so they can become lazy and complacent and they're always going to look for things to blame yeah. their behavior yeah. on and i think if it wasn't the mental health culture it would be something else yeah. And I I think that personally it's a it's an individual problem. I believe that the mental health whatever we're calling it, awakening, culture, removing the stigma, I think it's a good thing. And I think the people that twist it to be lazy and to not be accountable yeah. just suck and they would do that anyway and blame it on something else. Now, I do think that there are people listening to this podcast like you and I, and I have, I have done this too, that allow the narrative of whatever mental health issue you're dealing with at the moment. Like, just take depression, for example. 
you allow other people's narrative of depression to enter in and become your narrative of mm-hmm. your depression. And that's what controls you. You know, it's almost like what you said earlier about believing that this is temporary. Yeah. And that I have control over my brain chemistry and this might suck. And I don't really know exactly when this is going to end, but I'm going to get better. Yeah. And and I'm going to, and like setting your own narrative about what's going on in your mind, I think is, is key to not falling into the like mental health trap of like, you're just going to be like this forever because your brain chemistry is off yep. and your father struggled with depression. And, you know, I'm just warning you, this is probably going to be a lifelong struggle for yep. you. Like, don't listen to that. Create your own narrative about what you struggle with and believe it. And, and man, I, I, it works. Yeah. Yeah. It works for me. I mean, yeah. And, and my narrative is based off of my experience. Like yeah. My narrative is, is based off of what has been true for me throughout my entire life. Um, I mean, I've went through these highs and lows ever since, you know, I was younger in the teams. I don't think I was quite as extreme before I joined the Navy, but I've went through these highs and lows like this for, for, for whatever reason. And, and, and still do. And yeah, that's what I found to be true. And I guess my closing statement would be Are we closing? Yeah, I mean it's about I mean we Can yeah. we end with me calling Grizz back? <sighs> yeah, we can end with that. Yeah. Okay. He called me. I wonder if he'll answer. Um my closing statement would be uh, beware of giving too much credence to your feelings Mm. uh, and beware of people who will placate to those negative feelings uh, and understand that your feelings are never enough to give you the excuse to shirk your responsibilities, whatever those may be, as a husband, a wife, a business leader, an employee, you you have got to be who you've been called to be. You've got to be a contributor in spite of your feelings. And that's, that's just the fact of the matter. That's your fact of the matter. That's my fact of the matter. I don't agree with that statement. That's fine. That's fine. That again, that's what that's what I tell myself. Yeah. Because if I didn't tell myself that, I would shut it all down. Yeah. I mean, and I think that (laughs) keeps I think personally for you, that keeps you out of the hole. Whereas like me, when I start struggling with things, I try to distract. I try to stay super busy. And I don't stop and acknowledge what's happening. And that's really bad for me. So it's like what you're saying would be detrimental for the way I process things Mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a lot of people who land on the resiliency side of that scale, you know, that just that you just function that way. That's I actually know quite a few people who I think that would be a good answer for them. I just don't want, I, my concern with that is 
I have felt things before for a while and I have chose not to say anything to anybody because I've just kind of had this like toughen up buttercup to myself kind mm-hmm. of attitude and it's it's not turned out well. Yeah. And there are other times when it has turned out well, but I think now I feel like intuitively I know the difference and I can identify well when I need to give feelings attention and when I don't. Yeah. But I think if you haven't been through a couple hard seasons, it is hard to to pinpoint that. And that that's a I think there's people I need to clarify the statement you, that you just made because what I heard out of that is there's not there's not always a reason for your feelings. Like there doesn't always have to be a freaking reason that you feel depressed. There doesn't always have to be a reason that you feel angry. Like understand that sometimes those feelings are just part of being a live human being on the earth. Like now other times there is a reason. That's what I got from what you just said, right? But yeah. don't when you're feeling these negative ways, don't automatically jump to the conclusion that there's something wrong. No. Some sometimes it's just part of being a freaking human being, man. You're right. Yeah. So you, you know what? That takes the power away from it. it and that, There's nothing wrong with you. I totally agree with that. And I, I use what you just said in my narrative a lot around my anxiety is that I I do exactly what you just said. I try to take the power away from it by just being like, this is just a feeling. Like you are a person moving through space. You're healthy. You're happy. You have a wonderful life. This is literally just a feeling. I think Krista said one time, it's a feeling. It's not a fact. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, ooh, I like that. Like, yeah. and that that's, I use what you just said often for my narrative about, you know, that just, it is what it is. Keep on going. Yeah, for Keep, sure. Yeah. Well, that was a good conversation, baby. It was. I hope, I, I hope, I don't know. I think I'm, I am, I worry too much about people and I just know some of the places I've been mentally and I don't know. I just, I just want it to be an encouraging conversation for people who are struggling. I don't want it. I don't want anybody to feel yeah like bad about feeling depressed well, or well, anxious. Like I want them to feel empowered. Yeah. You know? And, and, and on that, and I know this may not be exactly what you mean. Oh, Lord. But on that, I want to let you guys know that if you wait until you think you have the answer that fits everybody's situation, and if you wait until you think, you're, you think you've got a message that's going to work for everyone and you're not going to get any pushback on it, guess what? You're never going to contribute anything to the conversation. Never. You're going to go your entire life and never contribute a single word to the conversation because that ain't going to, you're never going to get there. All right. So I just wanted to put that out there for people that have social media and people that have the opportunity to contribute their experiences to the conversation, but they hold back because they're worried that somebody might hear it 
and disagree with it. Or not understand their true intentions or yeah. misconstrue. Yeah. yeah. Yep. No, I agree with that. So that's that. All right. Well, let me finish this podcast by calling your dad back and asking him what's the proper etiquette for farting in the bed with your spouse. That's a hard shift. That is a hard shift. Every time you come on, the, every time we sit down intentionally and, and have conversations like this, it, it's exhausting. Because we go, me and you, we go deep on stuff and we'll challenge one another. It's, it's really, it's really tough. Is it? Yeah, maybe that's why you don't come on the podcast very often. You freaking shirk me so you don't have <laughs> yeah. to think real deep. Yeah, so I just, yeah, I just say what I want to say and, uh, and you know. Me and Chili, we're so much alike, you know, he just backs me up on it. I feel like other than the yoga episode, we handle the difference of perspective well. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like, and we've definitely gotten better at that over the years. Yeah, and we've screwed it up before on the podcast, I'm sure. Oh, that yoga episode? I think I was screaming at you. Yeah. Like, absolutely, we've messed it up. Yeah. Well, but that's because I don't filter and either, I want to say, I don't, I don't want to speak for you, but... I want to say neither of us filter the way we speak to each other. Like what you hear on the podcast is how I talk to him in real life. Yeah. I mean. That's what makes our podcast, in my opinion, so awesome. Yeah. All right. I want to call Grizz. Let's see if he answers. Here I go. Don't tell him we're on the podcast. Okay. Oh, I just farted. <laughs> I warned you. Where's your red light? Hello, blah, 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 blah. What, what is wrong with you? Who are you talking to? Biscuit. What's Biscuit talking about? Eggs. Eggs? Eggs and biscuits is my favorite. I need I need a marriage. I need marriage advice. And you're calling James? <laughs> I'm a marriage counselor. Oh, good. I got both of you. I got, I got, I got mom and dad. So... Can she I'm a marriage counselor. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can she hear me? Yeah. Okay. So the question is, the marriage question is, once you're in bed together with your spouse, if you have to let a fart and you know it's going to stink really bad, what's the proper etiquette? Just let it go. Let it go and don't fluff the covers. What? No. Let it go and fluff the covers. Jenny's fine with you. Don't want him to get up. Well, I guess he's he's. I mean, he's in a wheelchair now. He can't get up. Take fifteen minutes to get you up. When I was y'all's age, when I farted in the bed, I'd grab her head and stick it under the covers. <laughs> Make her smell it. She'll tell you that. That's proper etiquette. That's, that's fart etiquette. Fart etiquette. Yep. <laughs> so what else you want to know? I'm a genius in telling you. Oh no! What do you do? Fart on you and didn't didn't get up? Or yeah, you fart? Pe- people Are keep you- people keep saying we've asked. To, you know, we're trying to come to conclusion on this, and people say, "Well, you should have to." When you fart, you should have to warn the person. Or some people say when you fart, you should get up out of bed and go into the other room and fart. And Grandmommy said you should go outside. Yeah, I um, mean, and, and I, I, I just, I've just always thought that was a little excessive. Tell Grizz about your idea for the light. Well, yeah, since a lot of people say that 
you should give the the person a warning. Um, I decided I was going to invent a little button that when you fart, it's there on your bedside, and you just got to push the button, and there's a little LED light that's glued to the the ceiling above the bed, and it just lights that little LED light up. So when you do it. You do it before you fart, though, not after you fart. Yeah, that's true. When you feel it coming, you can go ahead and light the light up. Well, do it like a during like a like a drag strip. How the lights stage goes from yellow to green. Yeah, have a just, just a tree of lights. Yeah, when you start to feel it come on, hit that yellow light. And then when that baby starts to get in the pipe, hit that. <laughs> I like hey, that. Hey, let it real. I like that. We've just improved our invention. That's <laughs> uh, yeah, like a staging light. Oh, my gosh. By the way, you're on the uh, podcast, Chris. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's something. Look, now he's going to clam up. Oh, yeah. Now he's going to clam oh, up. Excuse me. Yeah, you should, you should leave the room when you have to fart when you're in bed. <laughs> he said, you said you're on the podcast. He said, oh, that's something. Well, <laughs> better not be. I have, uh, there's somebody I know that's been married for like uh, 25 years. I don't know what they've ever done. But there's somebody, we'll call their name. It ain't them. That their wife ain't never farted in front of them. 25 years. Yeah, that ain't, you can't do that. I don't believe that. That's bad for your heart. I don't believe, I don't believe that. That's just stupid. If I couldn't fart in front of somebody, especially after 25 years, I don't think that's the person I ought to be with. (laughs) (laughs) That's a test for you, man, somebody to marry. That's bonding. That's bonding, Uh she said. Yeah. Yeah. That's bonding time. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, that's that's all I needed. I gotta get off here so we can finish this podcast. No, that ain't no no podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just I'm just kidding. Y'all know I'm just kidding. I, I gotta ask something real quick. So you did put that in the calendar for the thirtieth, January thirtieth, right? The baseball thing. Oh yeah, I got it. Okay. All right, I'll call y'all later. Love you. Love you. Love y'all. They don't think. That ain't on the podcast. Okay. (laughs) That's what they get for not believing us. Well, thank you for joining, Biscuit. Uh, We appreciate you guys tuning in. If you got something out of the show, uh, all we ask is that you would share the show with somebody. Um, We don't run ads. I don't even put this on Instagram. I don't. I probably probably should spend more time promoting it than I do, but it takes a lot of time for us to record it. Uh, and that's the time we put into it. So if you guys got something out of it, uh, the only way it grows is for you guys to share it with a friend who it would mean something to. Uh, so we would greatly appreciate that. And if you want to join us for other conversations, Go over to res no. Go over to Patreon. That's where we do resurrected. Go over to Patreon. It's in the show notes. I'll attach a link in the show notes just underneath this episode. All you have to do is click the link, create an account on Patreon, and sign up. 
and we do Resurrected over there, and I do a weekly show called the Nuff Said Podcast. It's with me discussing current events, and we have a good time over there, um, and we like it because it's exclusive and we're not reliant on algorithms. You guys get to actually see what we post, when we post it, and... And and we have a race coming up on Saturday. Yeah, and we got a race on Saturday. If that, you guys want to run, the registration is not going to close until Friday night. Yep. So it's a four mile loop. There's a four mile. I mean, sorry, four hour, six hour, eight hour option. If you want to come out and you're not a runner, it's to, it's really a hikeable course anyway. You don't have to be a runner. And if you sign up for the four hour, if you do one lap. You're good. That's the beautiful thing about that race format. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna have food trucks coming out around noon. It's not like a like a point to point or an out and back race where if it's a if it's a thirty mile race and you get fifteen miles into it, you have no choice but to run fifteen miles back. No, you get you accumulate as many miles. It's awful late to be talking about this, but hopefully some of you guys hear it and sign up and join us on uh, on, on Saturday, Saturday. Octo- October November nineteenth. Yep. 2022 just in case someone's listening to this in 2023 and that's all good and that's on ultra sign up i'll put a link to the sign up registration page in the show notes also yeah the whole gang will be there chili will be there handing out oatmeal cream pies come run yeah all right we love you guys enough said enough said